drugs, drugs, drugs. That, that, that's drugs a, are that's bad. All, that's all you get, just drugs. This is your brain, and this is your brain on drugs. Do you know those commercials? Yeah, this yeah. is your brain, me. This is your brain on drugs, Aaliyah. <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> this is <you> awful. Hi, <laughs> right, we're talking about drugs. Um, um, oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Not the weeds, though. Not the weeds. Uh, so Not the dandelions. If you're triggered by drugs, drug use, um, pill talk, prescription names, not the episode for you. Yeah. Skip it. Stay away. Skip it. Go listen to Abby's eating disorders or something. Hey! Hey! <laughs> no, instead, uh, go listen to us reading Hello Darling yes. instead because that was pain. That was pain, and we want everyone to listen to that multiple yes. times so that it makes it all worth it in the long yes. run. Yes! Uh, make it worth it for us, Can guys. I make a recommendation? Uh, episode 2, Taking Off. My favorite episode that we've ever recorded. Even listening back to it uh, while I was editing, I cried in laughter. Love that episode. <laughs> Please listen to it. I love it. Okay. Drugs. So, I've had a past of uh, drug use. Um, I would like to preface this by saying it's not hardcore drugs. Well, that can be that can be um, debated. Prescription drugs. Prescription not, drugs. Not hardcore street I, drugs. I was not doing meth. Uh, Ali, did you know meth heads love cheese? Oh, my God. Okay, so there's a bit of a story behind that one. Um, there was one day my mom had bought... My mom has a cheese addiction, I swear to God. Um, she had bought a whole bunch of cheese and she was keeping it in the recording space. And I guess a creepy guy had walked in that she was suspicious was high on meth. Mm-hmm. And she, something, something, something. I don't even remember what happened, but at some point she was like, make sure he doesn't try to take the cheese. <laughs> and I remember you and I were both very confused. We were like, what? And her general response was, the meth heads, they love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a running joke ever oh, since that the meth heads love cheese. Just whenever we talk about cheese, I ask Leah, "Are you a meth head? You do love cheese. I, I, I do love cheese, but I don't. I you don't, must be a meth head. I don't think that's a true fact because it doesn't sound true. But anyone out there, do the meth heads really I love don't cheese? Know. We'll do Google we know? It later. Is, is this a fact? Do meth heads love cheese? <laughs> yeah, we call that all the time. <laughs> It's a terrible joke, especially yes. given the fact that we live in Gotham City and yeah. unfortunately methadone is a huge yeah. crisis yeah. here. Um, but yeah, just so you guys know out there, uh, meth heads love cheese and uh, Ali is not a meth head, even no, though she also head. loves cheese. <laughs> okay, so my drug use. So it started when I was very young. Uh, must have been 11 or 12. And at this point, my mom has started having seizures, and she was prescribed, uh, at that time, anti-seizure medication and an anti-anxiety. She got uh, clonazepam at the time. And Mm. I remember, I don't even remember where I got the idea to take it. Maybe I saw it in, like, a movie or something, or, like, I knew she was having these, and I heard that they had calming effects or something, and I was self-harming at the time. But I... Was it maybe, like, you observing her being mellow after taking it? Maybe. Um, I don't, I have no idea about remembering, but that's another, that's what drugs do to your brains, kids. Well, um, I remember looking up the name of the prescription, reading the effects, reading everything about it, trying to make sure I was safe before I took it because I didn't, I didn't want to die by taking one of them, but I also wanted to take them. How old were you? 11 or 12. 11 or 12. Yeah. I feel like you must have seen a movie because I feel like that's, maybe that's just my experience, but I feel like that's very young to start being curious about what happens if I take a pill. Well, like, what, what was your urge to take it in the first here's place? Here's the thing. When you're uh, my age, what 
that was 11 or 12 in the mid 2000s and you're um, in middle school and stuff and you have a tumbler Oh. At that point, um, self-harm self self blogs, pro-ana blogs, and drug use blogs were huge. Yeah. So basically, you could search up any tags for anything. Even if you, like, searched up, like, self-harm, there would be photos of, like, open cuts to, like, trigger you purposely or something. I don't know. It, it's so weird. These places are, like, cesspits of just hatred yeah. in some ways because... It's almost like encouraging people to share their mm -hmm. photos, but then their photos trigger other people, and then these people go on and like want to share everything. Yeah. It, it it just literally sucks. It's a bad everybody cycle. into it, and it just it's so awful. Thankfully, it's not like that anymore. There's some other purposely triggering content, but it's different now. Mm -hmm. So um, there's nothing too graphic. So I remember if you were a young kid at that time, there was always those gifts of like the girls and they're taking photos from like the nose down and their tongues out and they have a pill on their tongue and it like mm. changes colors and stuff, like trendy stuff like that. Yeah. And stuff like Skins, like the TV show, were really popular at the time. Right, right. A lot of stuff popularizing drug use. Drug use. So... I don't know what possessed me to do it, but I swiped some for pills. I took it. I liked how I felt because I was sleepy, and suddenly I wasn't sad anymore. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't think at all. Yeah. And when you're – because when I was that age, Escapism. I was – Escapism. Uh, when I was that age, I won't go too far into it, but I was being sexually abused, and I was going through a lot of hard Not time. by her family. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> not by her family. No, not at all. Wow. No. But um, – <laughs> I was feeling so low that I just didn't want to feel anything anymore. It's just you had no self-worth, and so you would rather not even be conscious enough to feel yeah. anything. Yeah, and I remember, I know this, I as soon as I took some of those drugs because I was so young, and I don't think the dosage was pretty high, but I wouldn't remember that much No. after taking it. Um, slowly it got to, you know... Uh, I mean, take more and more, but I had to be careful, right? Because these were my mom's prescriptions. I think it, what really scares me is the fact that these were doses made for an adult, and you yeah, were an eleven it. to twelve year old who didn't need them. Mm -hmm. Like that scares mm -hmm. me. And I was taking it, but um, I had to be careful at how much I took all the time. Because she would notice. She would notice. So I would like, you know, swipe them at certain times, count them out, stuff like that. And I remember I had this little box that I had them in and I had blades in there as well. Mm. And <laughs> my dad woke me up one day and he said, because uh, he found it. And he, Ooh, he how had did he, said, how did he find it? I don't know. Like, did you leave it? I, I feel like I that's don't not think I left just, it somewhere. That's not just something you carry around and accidentally leave on the kitchen counter. My parents are kind of naturally nosy. They're naturally... They're naturally nosy, but they're also naturally um, kind of hands-offish. Yeah, unfortunately. So he had found it one day in my room, or maybe it fell or something, and he found it. And he had taken it away, woke me up in the, middle, in the morning, and said, if I ever find this again, I'm sending you to foster care. Uh, I feel like that's not the right reaction that to have. That is not the right reaction to have I, I think the reaction is, um, do you need someone to talk to? Do you need therapy? Not, oh, if you do this again, we're going to send you away. Yeah, yeah. So I feel that like that's my dad's the opposite reaction. of what you should I say. I remember in, being in the car with my mom. I was probably like 13 at this point. Uh, I was in the car with my mom, and my mom knows nothing of this. I don't know why my dad didn't tell my mom, because he should have. Well, maybe he was worried about her feeling guilty because it was her yeah. meds. Yeah, that was a big thing. You didn't want to stress out my mom. Because well, then she could have a seizure. Especially because, um, just a little bit of 
disclosure here, uh, they still don't really know what the trigger is for your mom's seizures. Mm -hmm. And so you have always had to be extremely careful just because you don't know what could set her off. And stress is one Mm -hmm. of those things that a lot of doctors say, yes, that can trigger a seizure. So obviously no one in your family would want to stress her out. Yeah. So I remember being in the car with my mom and we were going to get food or something. And I remember (laughs) my poor little soul looked at her and goes, mom, would you ever send me to foster care? And my mom goes, no, who told you that? And uh, I was like, dad, I didn't say that. <gasps> I, I didn't tell her? No, because I was scared. Because I, oh. I thought my dad was going to like beat the shit out of me. Oh. Because it's pills. Yeah. Um, and this was already, um, I can't remember if they, I have a hard time with timelines. Might be the drugs, might be the trauma. Might be the alcohol. Might be the alcohol. I wasn't drinking at that point, though. No, but, um, but uh, retroactively can make everything a little fuzzy. Did that make me stop? No. Made me hide it better. And I, I think that's the hard part is when you approach an addict or someone who is suffering with mm-hmm. a, a mental disorder of some sort, if you approach them the wrong way, instead of opening up and being more honest, I feel mm-hmm. like nine times out of ten, they just learn to hide it better. Mm-hmm. And that is so much more dangerous. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, no, they seem to have solved their problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they've just no. buried it even deeper, yeah. and no one will ever see it again. And my drug use was something I never talked about with anybody. Not even, was, with, not even with me. Oh, God, no. Like, God, no. Because um, at that point, like, there was always that fear of that they could be taken away. And I didn't want that. I wanted them to stay right where so I knew what they were. I know how many I had taken. It's almost like a weird comfort thing where you didn't even necessarily need to take them as long as you knew that they were there so you could if you needed to. It was a safety net, right? Yeah. Yeah. So years go by. I'm still taking them kind of casually, especially when I'm upset because I did have some like little emotional flashbacks that I would take it to kind of ward off, again, running from my problems. Yeah. So I would take them if I was feeling really upset. And then my mom got switched over from clonazepam to lorazepam. Uh, yeah, that's when I recognized because uh, my dad used to be on mm-hmm. lorazepam mm-hmm. for his seizures uh, with his cancer. Yeah. So I know how bad those so ones I are. So I think those are a little bit stronger. They are much stronger. Um, they are one of the stronger medications that you can be yeah. prescribed. Yeah. So. so she got that one instead of the clonazepam. And um, I started taking those two slowly and um years go by this has happened casually since i was 11 12. i mean casual prescription drug use uh i don't even know what to say because i i have zero i mean at the very least i've had a couple alcoholic drinks in my life i cannot say that i've i've never even done a weed you guys like i have I don't even know what to say. Like, mm-hmm. I have no experience, and I'm just, like, horrified. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. But, like, I never did it enough that got in the way with anything I was doing. I feel like you were much better at hiding the drug use than you were at hiding the alcohol anything else. use. I was so good at hiding it, and that's what I wanted. I mean, do you think that you got that good at hiding it because of that confrontation with your dad? No, I think I, I've always been very sneaky. <laughs> I've always been very sneaky. And when you're young, you learn how to hide stuff like that. Yeah. Especially when you you're definitely younger. have a history of hiding things from people. Yeah. If, Which if, is funny and hilarious now because you can't listen. keep it, now you can't keep a secret to save your life. L- so. l- listen, listen. This is the hard part about me. If there's something I want to share, 
you're going to know I want to share it, even if I want to keep it a secret. If there's something I don't want to share, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Okay, we might take a break. Okay. We'll, ta- we'll take a break. We'll be we'll back. come back. In a second. In a second. Welcome back to Drug Use Kids. Not kids. Please don't be a child. <laughs> please don't be a child. If you're All a child. All of you out there, please don't be a child. If you're a child, get gone. Get Bye. gone. This is not a conversation Bye. for you. Uh, trigger warning, drug use, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Um, obviously, if, I mean, I'm guessing you've listened to the, the first, first part, part of this episode. It's connected. So, so I don't see why they wouldn't. So I don't know why yeah. they would suddenly listen to the <laughs> second half part. of the episode and be like, I can't believe they didn't hear me. <laughs> Especially because there's a thumbnail that goes yeah. along with this. So, I mean, if anyone is out there who suddenly goes, I can't believe they didn't warn me in the second half of this episode about drugs that they were going to talk about drugs. <laughs> I feel like you need to be a little more observant. But Okay, that's just me. Continuing on with my lovely rainbow story. Wow. So, um, mom got switched over to Lorazepam. Started taking those as well, casually. Um, usually when I was feeling sad, um, didn't want to deal with it. And then when things got really bad, the intention was... Um, I was still drinking at the time, but the intentions were just to sleep to get over my feelings. Just because you at that point were not in a good enough Mm -hmm. place to even think about them, let alone try to deal with them. I think my goal when I was swiping them was six per refill my mom would get. I would steal six pills per refill each month my mom would get. because she wouldn't notice that. Yeah. Because I know... for a fact, uh, when you're stealing stuff like that, I know that my mom doesn't like taking them, so she tries her best not to sometimes. Yeah. So as long as the bottle still looked mostly full, she would probably yeah. forget in between yeah. uses how many she... Um, I mean, even for me, I know taking antibiotics or anything, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily count mm-hmm. how many I've had out of the bottle. I just look and go, oh, I've got three left. Oh, mm-hmm. I've got one left. You, like, I don't go how many have I actually taken? Like, I mm-hmm. feel like that's not your reaction yeah, unless no. you're checking for something yeah. like that. So growing growing older in my teen years, um, it tapered down when I was probably like 14, 15. Then leading into when I was 16 and 17, um, I had upped it up to two because I've been taking it so kind of like almost weekly or biweekly till my tolerance started building up a little bit. And I wasn't getting the same effects that I wanted. Oh, it's that whole, um, you need more to feel the yeah. same high, yeah. right? Yeah, so I started taking two at once, which is not good because the dosage is already pretty high on this. I was going to say, that's it's scary. That's scary. And it got a little out of control where I, if I had, if I was sad and I knew I was going over to MD's house, I would be, I would take it too and just hide it. Oh, God. Yeah, it was bad. It was actually bad. But um, when I was, it didn't get really bad until I started mixing it with alcohol. That's the one, there was, that's the one that scared yeah, me the most. Because no mm-hmm. one knew I was doing this until October, right after I turned 18. I was going to say, um, I didn't even really so that know would be October about 2019. it until you started to go sober and then you had said, just in an offhand comment, yeah, mixing the two together was a bad idea. And I remember just staring at you with that look on my face going, excuse me, do you want to repeat that for me? And I think, I don't know if you were trying mm. to admit it in your own way or if you just, like, slipped up well, and accidentally said something about... a lot about- of people, like, didn't know. Like, 
There's some rumors that MD knew or that MD didn't know. I, I knew that you had done the pills before because I had talked to you yeah. before, Aaliyah, that's not smart. Yeah. And I talked to you about doses and side yeah. effects and everything else. Like, yeah. I knew that you were doing it. Yeah. What I didn't know that was, was that years you years ago. What I didn't yeah. know was that you were mixing it with yeah. the alcohol. That's it what wasn't, got me. It wasn't my intention to at first. So what happened and why I call this an accidental suicide attempt is that I had was feeling really bad, feeling awful. Um, I had stolen vodka from my parents and it was in a Pepsi bottle because where else are you going to keep it? And um, it was I don't in know when the original bottle that it came in. I can't steal the whole bottle. They're going to notice. Oh, I see. I thought I thought you just meant like literally like you kept all of the vodka mm-hmm. in your house in a Pepsi bottle. And I was like, why? No, it was in a Pepsi bottle, an empty Pepsi bottle in my drawer. And that's where I kept it. And I remember at first I took two of the lorazepams because I felt bad and I just wanted to sleep the day away because I was dreading something. I don't remember what I was dreading, but I was just like done and I slept and then I woke up and I really said, I want to sleep again. Fuck this. You just didn't want to be awake. Yeah. So I had taken, and this was the first time I ever mixed two different medications. I took Uh. a lorazepam and a muscle relaxer. Oh my God. Are you trying to stop yourself from breathing, my dude? And I, at that point, blacked out. Yeah. And then I started drinking. Oh, my God. And you remember, because I called you, too. I, I do remember that phone call. I didn't realize. I figured you had taken something. I didn't realize that you had taken two somethings and been on alcohol. Oh, it was like, yeah. That was a bad day. I, I remember. Yeah, I do remember that so, phone call. I was very concerned and very confused. So, yeah. And at that night, there was a social yeah. And I guess you guys talked about it a little bit. I remember I remember that because I was freaking out because nobody knew I was doing drugs. Yeah. So I was flipping. Yeah, I, I was very worried. So I was trying and to... And I was slurring everything, texting my friends, going in and out of consciousness, saying that I wanted to die because I had no filter at all. And that's why I had told... Um, Tracy, yeah. my mom was actually working with me and I had expressed to her like a lot of concern because yeah. you, you live right near... Yeah. The community yeah. center where we bartend. And so um, I had expressed to her, I was like, you know, I'm very concerned. I may run over to her house and check on yeah. her because I'm very, very worried. My lovely friends, uh, Sherry and Cordelia, came to my house to I, check on me. If I hadn't been bartending, yeah. I would have been banging down your door. Yeah. And I, I remember, last thing I remember from that, I remember taking two more of the pills and laying down to sleep, blackout. The next thing I know, I'm in and out of consciousness, and my friends are sitting on my bed. And I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? And I remember going in and out and talking to them a little bit. And then I remember waking up and being a little bit more coherent, just a little bit more coherent. And I was talking to MD, who had gone off work and came over to see me. Um, My parents were furious at me. Uh, Yeah. They were like, what did you take? Because they didn't know. And I was like told them what I took and I was kind of worried and my friends were like you know you should go to the hospital mixing drug yeah mixing drug types and alcohol on top of it uh, I think I think you were trying to stop not, your lungs my dude not everyone in that situation were supportive of me going to the hospital your dad I'm guessing yeah he was A going of, no we don't want anyone to know about the no, family they were always like or... oh you're fine you're fine I hate I know. that mentality I know. And your dad has done that with so many I things. Know. What does your dad have against you going I, to the doctor? I, I don't know. I don't God know. damn. My family and doctors mixed mixed reviews. God damn. Um, went to the hospital. Basically, they looked at me and said, you know what? It's probably all out of your system by now. You're probably fine. 
sent me home. I went to the bad hospital near us. <laughs> How many times have I told you not, not to, go to go to that, to that hospital? hospital? Yeah. Literally, every time you're like, I'm going to go to the hospital, first thing I say, not don't, that go, one. don't go to blank hospital. Yeah. Do not go there. Go to any other hospital yeah. in the entire city. Do not go to that hospital. So they sent me home, and I woke up the next day, apologized to my friends, uh, talked to you, yep. talked to other people, and they expressed, like, concern about me. They were very concerned for a long time, understandably so. Yeah, we all were. Um, at this point, I did not want to stop taking the drugs. No, I, I remember that very because clearly. You had, you had told me point blank, well, I'm not going to stop taking them. And I didn't want to cause a fight because I, I was very worried that if we pushed you mm-hmm. too hard, you were just going to yeah. hide it. That addict I was, mentality, I was, I was scared. I was very ashamed of that situation because that was never my intention mm-hmm. to worry people or to even have it be known. I don't think it's... I uh, For anyone that's on hiding prescription med use like that yeah. I don't think it's ever their intention to worry anyone yeah. because their intention is never for anyone to find out yeah exactly and that was I was ashamed for two weeks and then I thought well that was stupid why did I do that not that it was stupid I could have died it was it was stupid they now know I'm using drugs it's that oh sh- not oh shit I'm sorry yeah. but oh shit I've been caught yeah pretty much very very different and at that point um my parents are a little bit misguided and I forgive them for this, but my mom thought it would be a great idea to keep her pill jars from the door, not in the door that they were in. No. And not lock them up, which you would, you would do. Naturally, after finding someone yeah. had OD'd on them, I would be hiding them. So uh, she decides to keep them right beside her, right beside her laptop, by her bed, so I guess that she I, can keep an eye on them. I was going to say, I guess the whole idea is that they're right under her nose. What happened is that every time I walked into her room, I would see them. Oh. Yeah, so it was a little bit worse. But at least you couldn't get to them, but that, that doesn't help with the mentality and the desperation for them. It, that makes that here's harder. Here's the thing. If you want them, you're going to get them. Some way, somehow. Well, she you, w- when she left the house, she wouldn't put them away or lock them up or take uh, them with her. Oh. So they were there. Yeah. So I still took them, oh. obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that, <laughs> but uh. So that was October 2019. Um, casually using still, not that much try not to a lot that was when you were absolutely spiraling and you were spiraling yeah hard. That I was... think 2019 as much as 2020 was a bad year for everybody due to COVID and everything else I think 2018 and 2019 were your oh they were awful they were your bottom yeah they were your rock bottom yeah. they were your just Mariana's trench yeah it was awful so I that's when I stopped drinking um, close to it, like two weeks yeah. away, I had stopped drinking. Yeah. So I knew that I would always quit alcohol before I quit the drugs. Because the drugs were so much longer running for me. Because you had been doing them from a younger age. And I never thought they were a problem. That's the thing. Because it, I think the drinking you could see being a problem because it was so frequent. Mm-hmm. I think with the drugs, it became a safety crutch. Yeah. It became a net for you. It became, oh, I don't do it that often, so it's not yeah. that bad. At least I still have it there. Yeah. If I'm feeling stressed. You needed them more yeah. than you needed the alcohol. Yeah. And if if it's that easy to hide, why not? You know? The alcohol is harder to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need vast quantities of it, whereas a small pill is so mm-hmm. much easier to just yeah. disappear. So did that. Um, casually using. Uh, again, I never, never worked high. Never went to dance high. No, I'm proud never, of those things. Never. But um, at some points, it was really bad to where I would go, okay, I know I have nothing to do over the weekends. I would take it then. And 
I do remember that being a thing because um, I would express concern. I would ask you all the time, what are your plans for this weekend? Mm -hmm. And whenever you said, oh, just some little stuff. Yeah. I, I always knew that that was your kind of code in a way for – I don't want to say I'm doing nothing because then people are going to ask me to make plans and I don't want to make plans <laughs> no. because I want to get high. Yeah. I always knew when you were just like, oh, little stuff. Because mm -hmm. you would never commit to doing anything, mm -hmm. but you would never commit to being free either. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Mm well, doing, if you're doing two, in my experience, two of those uh, made me lose memory. I was coherent in the moment, but then when I went to sleep and slept them off and woke up, I wouldn't remember. Short-term memory is not a thing on uh, lorazepam no. especially. It's no, not definitely a thing. not. So it, it's an, uh, the actual medication is enough that actual patients that need it for their seizure disorders mm -hmm. don't remember the seizure itself. Like mm -hmm. it, it is made to kind of erase those memories. Yeah. So 2019 into 2020, we all know COVID happened, obviously. Um, more so in the... No, I've been living under a rock. I've never heard of up. this thing before. What are you talking about? So more so in the fall of 2019 is where it kind of got really bad because I was trying not to drink. So it means because I was trying not to drink, I turned more towards the pills. It, it was, oh, I can't have A, I'm going to turn to yeah. B. And MD didn't know. At least I don't think so. How the... Did he not know? He didn't pay attention to me that much anyways. Obviously. So I don't think he knew that much. Idiot. So um, a lot of the times I would take drugs, go to his house, which I shouldn't have done. That's a horrible thing. Never do that. Never do that to people, and especially people that you love. Don't do that. Um, don't, don't surprise them with your drug use. No. And he didn't know about it, and a lot of the times I would be there and not remember and find out later that we had had sex and be Ooh. like, but here's the thing, I, it's, I know it was consensual at that point because, like, I would, you know, I, sometimes I would do that purposely because I, what, what, because I think at that point you already knew that you weren't really attracted to I knew that the I, D in that way, yeah. so I, I feel like that maybe was a part of you being like, I was still, oh, I can do it like this because I won't remember. I was still trying to keep everything down. And even, like, running away from the drinking and stuff. More or less, what scares me about that is just uh, accidental pregnancies that's can happen what, very that's easily. That's what worried me. Just because if you don't remember, you don't remember if you've used protection, you don't remember any of that Thankfully, sort of stuff. we both were really serious about protection. He was really serious about protection. That was one of his good parts. Yeah. Um, so I knew that, like, you know, while I was worried, I know that. Um, but it unsettled me not knowing what had happened. And I didn't like yeah. doing that. Even if it's with your boyfriend, I feel like waking up and coming to the realization that you've had sex with yeah. someone and being like, I don't have any yeah. recollection of this. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what actually went, what actually happened in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's scary. It is. Um, at that point, going into quarantine, you would think it would got, it was um, getting worse. It didn't, luckily. I don't know why it didn't, but it didn't. We are very lucky that it didn't, yeah. Because I could absolutely well, see that causing a downward spiral. Well, here's the thing: I'm now home all the time. I mean, I there can't take that many. I still have to take my certain amount, or else my mom's gonna notice. Yeah. So I it didn't increase all that much. Um, through the summer, it wasn't that bad. No, but there were also a lot of times that um, I kept you with me and everything mm -hmm. else. Like, there were a couple of weeks there where I took you up to um, our family oh. cottage and everything, making sure that uh, I know, I know you why. were away from home. I know why it wasn't that bad during quarantine. Because I was home all the time. Because you came out as a lesbian and you realized that you didn't need it to forget about your horrible, horrible ex-boyfriend? I, I didn't come out until the summer. So, <laughs> before that, in, like, the springtime, 
um, I know why it wasn't so bad. It was because I had gone from taking two each time I took them to taking one because I needed to conserve them. Oh, so yeah. you were like, oh, I'm I was, going through a dry spell. I need to like, yeah, save yeah. my, I need to stockpile these. I yes. need to save them for a bad day. Yes, basically. If I would, I need to save them for the major times. Yeah. What, yeah. If, what if I need these later? Yeah, basically. So that's why it got a, not even better, not even worse. But it just plateaued in a way. During the summer, I was good on them. And then I met my girlfriend. Yes. And she has um, some hard spots with drugs, not her use from some parents using. Yeah. So drugs were always the whole, like, red line for her. Yeah, that's very hard for her to accept just due to her history mm-hmm. of them being in her life without yeah. her taking them. Just yeah. seeing other people yeah. on them, I can understand why she would never want to see someone she loves on them again. Yeah. So I didn't blame her for that at that time. Um, you know, we've talked about this already. Don't freak out that she doesn't know. But um, I had lied and been like, you know what? This was, I, start, I stopped taking them months ago. Like, it was in the past and stuff like that. That's what I told everyone, basically. I, I don't know if you were lying to everyone else or if you were lying to yourself. I wasn't lying to myself because I knew what I was doing, but because I was so good at hiding it, what you were just what like, no, matter? no, I'm yeah. not going to make other people ashamed of me. I'm not going to make other people feel bad mm-hmm. for me. Just, I'm just going to hide it. I, I had gone also really good at seeming normal on them. Yeah, I, I would say that um, unless you, unless someone knew you really, really well, it mm-hmm. would be very hard to pick up on it, especially because you were lowered the dosage. Yeah. It would be very hard to pick yeah. up on. There are just a couple of tells that um, I feel like some of us know. Yeah. But again, it was never one of those things where I was like, oh, I'm going to stage an intervention. Yeah. It, I never talked about it. Well, that was the problem, right? I was always so afraid staging an intervention mm-hmm. would Cause you to go even farther underground when you were already underground. If someone would have asked me about it, I would have lied. Yeah. So much. Um, But yeah, I had lied to her. I told her, you know what, I I haven't taken them. And at that point, I had stopped trying to take them. Um, Still would a little bit. And I remember there was a time where she was gone for a little while because she was visiting one of her friends. And I remember having a really bad day and doing drugs. And I had taken two that time. And I had woken up really late because I slept really long on those. Yeah. Because they make you really, really sleepy. They're um, a major sedative. Yeah. Like they, they would be enough to knock out yeah. a horse, I'm pretty sure. And my lovely girlfriend has anxiety. And uh, when I didn't wake up at the usual time, I wake, woke up and I didn't let her know about anything. Message even, her or anything. Yeah. She was very afraid. Afraid that you didn't want to talk to her? Afraid that something had happened to you? Say, something that happened to me. Mm. So she was in tears, afraid, because that's something that Aww. that's something that she struggles with. I love Alex. How could you do that to I Alex? Know. How I could felt you? So bad because there was like a string of messages from her, just worried, Aww. sick about me. And one of the messages was, "I'm afraid that you were taking drugs again," because it's some. It, it's yeah. a it's a signal. Yeah, it's a sign. Because she knows a lot of about drug use, basically. I, I think I anyone remember, who's been through that would see the red flags. I remember waking up and reading that and feeling so crushed and upset that you had lied to yeah. her and that obviously she and could tell something was af- wrong. afraid of that and I'm like oh gosh now I have to do something about it. How, see, how did you work up the courage to tell her? I was afraid. I was so scared. I was like she's gonna leave me but in my head I was like do I love her? Yes. Do I want this relationship to last and be healthy? Yes. So I had to make that conscious choice of I need to tell her 
not only to hold myself accountable, but to really work on my honesty because I am, before, before dating her, I was not an honest person, as you can already tell. It's just... I, everything was going so badly in yeah. your life at that point, and I feel like you just couldn't take any sort of criticism, so mm-hmm. you just hid everything mm-hmm. from everyone mm-hmm. because you just couldn't handle it. Yeah. So I made that decision. I was like, I want to work on being more trustworthy and I want this relationship to last. So I was crying so hard and I told her that I had taken drugs. And this was like, I think I had, it took me like a week. To be able to come clean? Yeah. Because she still had a few days visiting her friends and I wanted to wait. And I was like, this is the day I'm waiting. And I told her and, you know, she was disappointed in me. But she wasn't mad. Major and, difference. And I was, I was, that, that was one of the, like, things I was afraid of. I was like, she was going to be pissed off at me. Yeah. She's going to hate me for doing this. She's going to be mad, so super mad at me for lying. Yeah. At first. And for having done yeah. it after yeah. knowing her history yeah. and then still deciding to do it. And I was like, I don't want to hurt her like that, but I have to tell her because I know the only way I'm ever going to stop is telling someone. Yep. So I it's had. It's the first step. I told her and she wasn't mad at me. And she told me she was very proud of me for telling her. And that's something that no one's ever told me before. Especially after hiding that for so long and being so ashamed of stuff like that. Having someone say, I'm proud of you, proud of you for being yeah. honest. Like, that's yeah. huge. So she told me that. And I remember just, like, crying and being like, I'm so sorry. You know what makes me proud, though? Mm. The fact that you realize that you cared more about your girlfriend yeah. than you did for the drugs. Yeah. You needed her more than you needed them to make you feel good. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I, I think that that's just amazing because MD pushed you farther into needing the yeah. comfort from the drugs, whereas your girlfriend now has very much been, I need her mm-hmm. more than I yeah. need them. Well, I think... Instead what, of being like, I need them to d- deal with him. I think that if she didn't have a lot of sensitivity towards drug use, I wouldn't have stopped. One of the things that I am the most grateful for is that you did not find yourself a girlfriend who dabbles in them as well. I am so glad that you found a girlfriend who is anti, like is very against that sort of thing. So I feel like that was just the perfect match She talked to me and she goes, you know, I know that it isn't something you're very addicted to or something that you often do, but I still think it's a really good idea for you to get some help at some point. Talk to somebody. To talk about yeah, it. do something. And she was, oh, she was so proud of me. I remember days after that, I would talk to her and I'd be like, thank you for not being mad at me, stuff like that. And she goes, I'm not mad at you. Like, maybe I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm so proud of you for telling me. And I'm like. It has to start somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, when you see someone who is genuinely upset by mm-hmm. what's happened, are you going to look at them and say, oh, I'm so angry. How could you hide that from me? Or are yeah. you going to look at them and say, I'm glad that you were honest. Yeah, I'm disappointed, but I'm just glad that we are now at a place that you trust me enough mm-hmm. to be honest and we can start moving forward to yeah. change things. So Is being angry going to change anything? No, no. So I'm proud to say I haven't done any drugs from that day forward. Very I'm proud of you. 45 days clean for the first time in my life. Probably the one of the longest times. You are substance free. All Completely. substances. Oh my gosh. How has that been for you? Um, Hard. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But it's okay. I know that. I know that. I know what to expect. Is, is it hard not having the safety net? Is it hard not um, having that as a coping mechanism? Like, what is hard about it? Is it just the urge to go back to it? Always. I think uh, having to find different ways to cope definitely was one of the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. Having to know that that wasn't there for me. 
was one of the hardest something, parts. Something you've been using for half of your yeah. life is yeah. not there anymore. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do now? I have to actually feel things. And having yeah. having a supportive partner has been very nice because... It's been life-changing for you in more ways than one. And even just, like, sharing that, I know that now I can share, oh, I'm being, I'm having an impulse. I had to try not to be home alone because then I would get the impulse to swipe something. It's so easy, right? Oh, so easy. But, like, you know, just knowing that I have a safe place to talk about my emotions and my drug use that I was struggling with was a big thing in general. So... Um, now it's just like finding different ways to cope, knowing I don't need it. You don't. And that's yeah. the hardest part. And because you feel like you do mm-hmm. as much as you know you don't, you feel like you do. And at, at any point, I'm more happy now that I can remember most of my dates. <laughs> Honestly, something I'm so proud of you for was the day you told me, Abby, um, I have another tracker app. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's this one for? And you said... I am going clean from the prescription pills. Yeah. I was so proud of you because you weren't just addressing the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You were addressing the other problem that was so much more deeply but rooted. Even- I was so proud of you. Did you know I was still using? Because I didn't talk about it to anybody. You didn't talk about it. And the thing was, I had suspicions, but getting it, hard yeah. proof was very oh, different. of course it was. And you know, for me, as an intuitive, it was kind of like, I am almost positive yeah. that that's exactly what's happening. But, but you I, can't talk I, about it. Because the thing was, even if I tried to confront you, you would just be like, no, it's not. And then what can I do? I yeah. don't have any it's evidence true. to push you to be like, Aaliyah, I know. Yeah. The only thing I can do is try to call your mm-hmm. bluff. Yeah. And that's not going to yeah. work because you were just going to be so desperate to hide it. Yeah. So it was like, what can I do until she comes to me? I can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm more proud of myself for this one than I was the alcohol. Probably because there was a lot more shame surrounding the alcohol. And in a weird way, I feel like that one was easier to kick because you still had the drugs to fall back on. Whereas mm-hmm. getting rid of the drugs, you have nothing to fall back on. That now. one was easier to kick, but with the alcohol, um, I, fe- I still feel so bad about the things I did while I was drinking. Mm. that doing the drugs I feel like you didn't really hurt anybody it's hard for mm, yeah for me it's hard to be proud of myself that I'm not drinking because I'm always like well normal people can drink they can control themselves why can't I because I feel guilty about that but with the drugs it's like Mm, I can kick it and normal people don't do drugs yeah (laughs) normal people don't swipe drugs yeah yeah but yeah that's my story I, I just, you know, I, I am so happy and so proud because you also told me today, um, you had told me earlier you had an appointment. Aaliyah, what is your appointment for? Uh, I got therapy tomorrow. Aaliyah's finally going to therapy and we love uh, a therapy queen. I'm very Snaps scared. for Aaliyah. We love a therapy queen. We love a person who is strong enough to say, I need help and is also strong enough to go and get it. We love it here. I'm terrified. but you know what you have been able to open up to people in your life and the next step is being able to talk to somebody who can more than just coach you through it Mm -hmm. someone who can help you resolve whatever is driving you towards that because let's be real here you have a lot of unresolved trauma I have so many issues (laughs) because ultimately 
the drugs and the alcohol are a problem, but they are not the source, source. of yeah. the problem. Oh, and yeah. I think that's the hard part yeah. is that we can coach you through, no, you don't need it. No, you don't need it. And we can get you through that, but we can't actually help mm-hmm. fix the trauma that is driving you mm-hmm. in that direction. Yeah. We can handle the symptoms. Yeah. We can't fix the root cause. Yeah. So for you getting therapy to finally, and we've talked for yeah. years where I've been saying, Leah, talk to someone, yeah. go get therapy. Yeah. The fact that you're finally doing, doing it, I'm so happy and so proud. It's nice to have a stubborn girlfriend who asks you about it once a week. I love it. Because then it's like, have you done this yet? We, no. lo- we love Alex. We love Alex. Alex here. We all love Alex. <laughs> Accountability is fun. Uh, scared. <laughs> and you know what? They're terrified. No way of getting around the fact that it's probably going to be hard. It's yeah. going to be very difficult, especially after the therapy session, because you're going to let a lot of it out, which yeah. means it's going to be in your head. And I think that's the scary thing about therapy is that it's like, I have to address this yeah. and then I'm going to be thinking about it and then I have to deal with it. That's scary. It is scary. But honestly, I think for you, being able to finally heal these things that you have been suffering with for so long, yeah. like, it's we love breaking the cycle. We love it. We are so happy. Yay for recovery and sobriety. So again, for any of you out there, if you ever feel like you need to talk, mm-hmm. we are always available. Go talk to someone. And yeah. You know what color Aaliyah's finally trying? Therapy! We love it. So you know what? Never be ashamed. Don't be scared. You know what? I'm, I know that even I, at 24 yeah. and viciously stubborn, yeah. even I can acknowledge that I need help and I am going to be seeking help. Yeah. For God's sakes, if Aaliyah uh, can do it, I, I better get it. off my butt we and do it too. Do it. We can do it. We can do it. Not necessarily together, but in spirit, we will do it together. Are you ready, kids? Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. All right. On that note, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk at you in the next episode. See you later. Take care. Bye, gay guys. Bye.